You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, hello everyone at CLM Church. It is an absolute joy to be back with you again and sharing the Word of God with you. I am so looking forward to today when we are together face to face. But at the moment, we're having to contend with the challenges of the continued lockdown. But that's hope and pray. This is coming to an end very, very soon. It's my joy to share the Word of God with you. But I also wanted to congratulate you on your fantastic vision offering. Well done, everybody. What an amazing place to be in to have the, the debt burden, essentially, at a place where you can pay this off. It's a, it's a combination of, uh, you know, grit and determination and generosity and gift and God's grace. It's all in the mix there. And you guys have done an amazing job over the last few years. So well done, everybody. I have been celebrating with you and I continue to celebrate as a friend of CLM. And it's my joy this morning to share the word of God with you. And I want to do it specifically from the book of Proverbs. I want to speak today about well-being and the fact that well-being is an inside-out issue. And it's fantastic that we are a community that is looking out to our world. Fantastic that we're a community that's thinking about our city and thinking about the people around us. But the Bible also encourages us to have moments where we look in and where we take care of ourselves. And actually, that's a legitimate and spiritually important practice for us. And I want to take a reading from Proverbs chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 23 down to the end of that chapter. And uh, it says these words, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only the ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left, but keep your foot from evil. And Solomon begins that little mini passage by saying in the NIV, above all else. Whenever we hear a phrase like that, we should stop and pay extra attention. Above all else, what does he say? Guard your heart. Why? Because your heart is the wellspring of life. I love how the English Standard Version translates it. I think it's a wee bit more accurate according to the original language. And the ESV says, keep your heart with all vigilance, double emphasis there, keeping and vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, whatever way you read it, what's really uh, significant here is that we've got an inside out dynamic. Whatever is going on in the heart, whatever that is, is impacting the world around it. It's touching that world. And I don't know if you noticed the trajectory of the reading. We started with the heart and then it moved to the mouth and then the lips, then the eyes and then the feet. So even the trajectory of the reading itself is starting from the inside and it's pushing to the outside. And that's a very strong 
Bible worldview idea. We contend with the tension of our environment, what's around us, and our environment, what's inside us. And the Bible teaches us that actually the power of our inner world, environment, can influence our outer world, our environment. And that's, that's an incredible thought and idea that the well-being of my heart can have a direct impact on the world around me. John puts it very similar in a slightly different context when he says, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that it may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Or one translation has it, even as your soul prospers. And actually, the, 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 the Bible teaches us that it, it is possible, even in difficult circumstances, even in an environment that is difficult for us to have a prospering soul or a heart that is well. Now, when we speak of the heart here in Proverbs, what we're speaking of is the engine room of the human, the engine room of your world. It, it has the seat of your intellect right there. It has, as it were, the, the, the engine room of your spirituality. It's all contained in the heart. It's, it's that sort of centrality of your being that is represented when Solomon speaks of the heart. And here's what he's saying, in effect, that, that when the heart is well, it has the power to influence the world around it positively. When the heart then by implication is unwell, when the heart is sick or there is dis-ease within our experience, that also has the power to influence the world around us. And that's why this becomes a powerful issue. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because out of the centrality of the heart, our world is impacted and influenced. And in fact, when we think of the idea of wellspring there or the flow of life from the heart, there are two dynamic images at the heart of this fantastic verse. There's the idea of a source. So the source of life, it's coming out of the heart, coming out of the inner person, but also there's a sense of boundary implicated in this word that, that actually my inner being, its wellness or otherwise, has the power not only to create the source of my world, but actually set the boundary for my world. And that's why the Bible places tremendous emphasis on the well-being of our hearts, on the well-being of our inner world. I've discovered an incredible principle uh, uh, throughout my life when engaging with people over years of pastoral ministry, that someone can be surrounded by resource, bigness, opportunity and blessing, and yet because of the unwellness of their heart, they live in a relatively small and restricted worldview. I've also met people who live in an environment which is incredibly uh, adversarial in their world, pushing against them. Everything in their environment is saying they should not be succeeding. And yet those people are big. They are pushing back against the world around them. They're living bigger and better than their environment is determining. And that's a powerful Bible worldview idea that your well-being, my brothers and sisters, is not determined 
by where you are, but it's determined by who you are. It's not determined by your postcode. It is determined, as it were, by your positioning. It's not determined by what's around you. It is determined by what is within you. And that, if we understand that, really legitimizes our commitment to uh, well-being, our commitment to not only looking around at our world, not only looking around at our community, but actually taking the time to look within and look at our hearts so that our hearts are well, our souls are prospering, and as a result of it, something's coming out of us that's bringing life to our world, but also something's coming out of us that is expanding and enlarging our world. Now, if all of that is true, then we want to think about how on earth do we guard our hearts? How do we make sure our hearts stay protected in order to allow this wellness to happen around us because it is happening within us? And I love the double emphasis of the Hebrew, especially picked up in the English Standard Version. Uh, guard your heart or keep your heart with all vigilance. There's a, there's a protective image there, guard it and keep it. And there's a proactive image there, vigilance. The idea of putting your heart under uh, lock and key, protecting it, but also proactively looking to the horizon of your world uh, and making sure nothing's coming towards you that is going to hurt you. That proactive and protective dynamic. So how do we do that? Well, I mean, we could talk uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks about this stuff, but in my experience, uh, and I think it's been even more highlighted through things like the lockdown and, and what we've been going through, there are three, uh, at least three, but three that I'm going to share with you in our talk today. Three dynamic uh, ideas that help guard, protect and proactively watch over our heart. The first one is food. Food. Now, when I say food, I'm speaking here of the word of God. Psalm 119 sits at the very heart of the Psalms and some would argue sits at the very heart of the biblical text. It's a magnificent Psalm, 176 verses made up of uh, uh, 22 sections of eight verses and each section, each verse of that section begins with the consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the first section is Aleph, second section is Bet, third section Gimel and on we go. It's an amazing, amazing idea. What's even more amazing about it, that of the 176 verses, only six of them do not contain a reference to the Word of God. And in fact, phrases like your word or your words occur 27 times in the psalm. It's a magnificent psalm. And one of my favorite verses is 92. It became a real powerful verse to me in, in a journey, a difficult journey that I was in. And here's what David said. He said, if your law or your word had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Here's one of the things I've discovered. If I want my heart to be well, I need to be intentional about what I put inside it. Someone once said this, and although they were speaking of a completely different context, I think it works here. They said, you are what you eat. We are 
what we eat. We can have the best health, best health program in the world, but if we're eating junk all day long, it's actually not going to help us. We are what we eat. When it comes to our spiritual well-being, we absolutely are what we eat. And I want to encourage you that part of guarding your heart, watching over your heart, ensuring that your heart is well, is that we are being really intentional about what we put into our heart, what gets allowed to be part of our everyday experience and diet. And that's why I am passionate about encouraging people to engage with the Word of God every single day if they can. Now, I've been a Christian since I was eight. I'm now 54 years of age and I still have a Bible reading plan. I try to engage in with the Bible every day, birthdays, Christmas day, Boxing Day, holiday days. It doesn't matter to me. I do it as often as I can. Why? Because I've come to understand that if I want my heart well, I must be feeding it with good stuff. I must be putting good food into it. Now, whether you read it or listen to it or watch it, whatever way you engage with it, whether privately or with a group, I really don't care as long as you are doing it as regularly as possible. For me, I would encourage it every day, but, but at least regularly, we must be engaging with the Bible. Read it, record it, rehearse it, and then rejoice it and live in it. It's a powerful, powerful idea. So one of the, the keys to guarding our hearts is our food, the Word of God. Second key, it's our focus. And by focus, I mean worship. In the same Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 164, the psalmist said, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous laws. Now, now, David there is not telling us we've got to praise the Lord seven times a day, but what he's pointing to is uh, two big ideas, intentionality and regularity. So he's being both intentional, I will, and regular seven times a day. Now, now, whether you do that seven times a day or not, that's not really the point of the verse. The point is this, he's being intentional. I will, regardless of the day, regardless of the situation I'm in, regardless of my circumstances, I will, I will, I will. I will praise you seven times a day. In other words, he's understanding there is a powerful dynamic in the process of praising God that, that isn't just a, one, a once-a-week sort of experience. It isn't just an occasional idea. David is saying this is something we must uh, continuously and uh, persistently uh, apply ourselves to because it helps us in our well-being. And why does it help us in our well-being? Well, it's because there's a dynamic principle, I think, both naturally and spiritually, and it's this. We follow our focus. So in our first idea in food, we, we discovered we are what we eat. But in this one, this idea of focus, we follow our focus. Now, if you've ever driven a car or you drive a car or you've been involved in anything that requires serious visual concentration, you will know this. Your body follows where your eyes lead. That's why our spiritual vision is so, so important. What we focus on is where we're going to move to. What we are looking at, our lives are moving towards. That's why worship and praise is so incredibly important 
because when we worship and when we praise, we are fixing our focus on the Lord. We're taking our eyes off ourselves, which is a good thing. We're taking our eyes off our circumstances, which is a helpful thing. And we are fixing our eyes on him. And I want to tell you, one of the keys to well-being is learning to fix your eyes on the Lord, learning to look to him no matter what is going on, because when we look to him, everything changes. Everything looks different when we are looking at him. So, so food is important in guarding our heart and producing an inner well-being, and that's, that's the word of God. Focus is important, and that's, that's worship as we engage in looking at him. And here's the third idea that I want to encourage you with, and it's friends. Friends. And by friends, I'm thinking about walk. So we've got food, the word. We've got focus, worship. Now we've got friends, walk. Here's what Solomon says in Proverbs. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. My goodness, simple principle here that Solomon is teaching us. If, if we walk with certain people, we will become like those people. Now, that's not a contradiction of the environment, environment idea, but it is a factor that's part of it. And I have taken this idea extremely seriously since I was a teenager. Once I understood that who I walk with in many ways will shape what I become, I've taken this very, very seriously. I've been pretty ruthless about this. Uh, to, to the cost of sometimes uh, apparent friendships, I've been ruthless with this because I, I want my inner world to be well. And I've discovered this. If I'm around wise people and good people and generous people and wholesome people, that tends to feed my inner well-being positively than, than feeding it negatively. When I'm around critical people, negative people, miserable people, people who actually are always pulling others down or see the world in a different way that I see it, actually that has an impact on me. It's not the deciding factor, but it does impact me. Proverbs goes on to say this, uh, one of my favorite statements in chapter 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, or a more literal translation, so a man sharpens the face of his friend. Now here's what I've discovered. Uh, the company we keep can impact the condition of our hearts. The company we keep can impact the condition of our hearts. Now I know we've been in lockdown, so our company in some ways has been restricted. We, as a Christian community, we haven't been able to meet with, with our Christian brothers and sisters in the way we would have loved to. So let me widen the conversation while we're in lockdown and let me talk about the company you keep with Netflix and the company you keep with Amazon Prime uh, and the company you keep with social media and the company you're keeping with your internet viewing and the company you're keeping by the sorts of things you're listening to and looking at even while in isolation from physical company. That is as important as everything else you are doing. Walking with the wise isn't just about 
physically meeting up with a, a wonderful friend and having coffee with them, walking with the wise is also who I'm allowing to speak into my world at all levels of that world, whether that's physical, digital, social media, uh, entertainment, whatever it is. You and I are responsible for who we walk with. And so guarding your heart isn't, doesn't have to be sort of a random thing. It doesn't have to be, my goodness, how am I going to do this? We can really understand the mechanics that guards our heart, that creates vigilance around our hearts, so that we in turn, in bringing protection, can also feed into our inner world the things that will make our inner world strong and prosperous and powerful and, and healthy, so that in turn, the world around us is impacted by that. Watch over your heart, guard your heart. How do we do that? By how we feed, giving time to the Word of God. By what we focus on, ensuring that we are fixing our eyes on Him and worshipping Him and making room and time uh, regularly and intentionally for worship and by who we walk with, our friends, that, that sense of uh, uh, togetherness and community and the people we are walking with, that is so important. Food, the word. Focus, worship. Friends walk. I tell you, brothers and sisters, as one who can speak not only out of theological confidence, but someone who can speak out of experiential reality, if we will give our attention to our food, if we will give attention to focus, and we will give attention to friends, to the word, to worship and to walk, I tell you, I tell you, that your heart will be guarded, your heart will be healthy, and your world will experience the blessing of the outflow of that well-being and that goodness. And so my brothers and sisters, I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus, that Lord, Holy Spirit, you will help us be men and women who walk with a guarded heart. That Lord, we will be men and women who are intentional about our food, our focus, and our friends. That we will understand, Lord, we are what we eat. That we will understand that we follow our focus. That Lord, we will understand that the company we keep has an impact on the condition of our hearts. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in the midst of the challenge, that they will watch over and guard the preciousness of their hearts and that out of their heart will flow the wellspring of life, that a life that will bring healing and life to others and a life that will create a boundary of bigness in their world, regardless of the context they're in. So my brothers and sisters at CLM, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you and may the Lord Turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you all.